Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Roy won't take no or no comment sitting down. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. You could have smacked me on the face with a feather and I would have fallen after I read the CBC's story about Mr. Trudeau's Bahamas vacation. I didn't expect this kind of story from the CBC. And uh, they, they wrote, the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's controversial Bahamas vacation cost Canadian taxpayers over $215,000, far more than initially disclosed in Parliament, CBC News has learned a document obtained by the CBC under the Access to Information Act reveals the RCMP spent more than twice the amount it initially listed in its response to a question posed by a member of Parliament earlier this year. The new figures from the RCMP bring the cost of the, to the Canadian government of Trudeau's stay as a guest of the Aga Khan on Bell Island to $215,398. That amount, which covers the RCMP, DND, Global Affairs Canada, and the Privy Council's costs, is 70% higher than the 127187 tab first tabled in Parliament. The news that the trip cost more than initially believed comes as Trudeau is under investigation by Parliament's ethics watchdog and already under opposition fire for the cost of the Christmas holiday trip in 2016. 70% higher is the reality then uh, when well, it was disclosed. And Mr. Trudeau believes that small business owners are the problem, are avoiding paying their fair share. Yeah. So anyway, a couple of days ago, a couple of nights ago, I was uh, reading some stories late. It was quite late. And um, it's like one o'clock in the morning, and I, uh, I I was just putting some bits and pieces together for for a future show and sort of cross-referencing things. And after I did this, I opened my Twitter account, and of course you're limited to 140 characters. So here's what I came up with. Plunging Canada into massive debt, squinting at entrepreneurs, leaving Canada's prosperity in the ground, delivering billions of dollars to the UN, equals who? That's all I did. And just in response to what I had read and what I was cross-referencing for a future show, I didn't expect much. But this tweet started to generate activity. And the activity generated more activity, which generated more activity. And it went on and on for three days anyway. There were spinoffs. And the emails started to pour in because not everybody's happy with 140 characters. They, you know, you want to expand. You want to share your thoughts. So I was quite surprised. And then today we find 
that uh, from Daryl Bricker, and I thank Daryl for making time for us, the president of Ipsos Polling, that 60% of Canadians believe the prime minister is doing a good job, and 60% of Canadians are happy with the stewardship of the federal government by Mr. Trudeau. If you read the tweets, eh, maybe not so much, and maybe that's because I'm not a big fan, and maybe you agree with me. But I've also criticized the Conservative Party of Canada, and specifically because with the new leadership of Andrew Scheer, I don't think they've taken advantage of any opportunities, really, opportunities to be totally critical of Mr. Trudeau, take a stand, take a position, further your own agenda and your own ideas. The temperature of the water they tread is tepid. And by the way, Justin, it would take 70 small business owners earning $150,000 to equal what you deliver to Omar Cotter. Just saying. So the tweet again, what have I done with it? Here's the tweet. Plunging Canada into massive debt, squinting at entrepreneurs, leaving Canada's prosperity in the ground, delivering billions to the UN equals who? Aaron Woodrick is the federal director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. He joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Aaron, thank you for the time. The, 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 the response that tweet received really surprised me. There? And, and, uh, and sorry, Roy. Yeah, yeah, no, I didn't know if you had more to say on that. Look, it's it shouldn't be surprising. I think we've seen this coming for a while now. Uh, the problem is that Mr. Trudeau presents himself as a friend of the middle class. He says he's looking out for most Canadians about what the Canadians wake up to. They see news about him going on expensive vacations. And frankly, Roy, it's not even the cost. That's the big concern there. It's the transparency. He didn't tell Canadians where he was going. Uh, the cost has never been clarified. We find out it's 70% more, like you say. Uh, and we find out that he's attacking entrepreneurs and small businesses. I mean, this is, I can tell you, Roy, at the Taxpayers Federation, we have never had a tax issue in my time here that has inflamed more people. I have hundreds and hundreds of honest, hardworking small businesses who are frustrated that this government is attacking them. And frankly, more than the money, they are offended that the government is somehow implying that they are being dishonest or cheating the system. I think they're doing more than implying. Are they, I think they're stating it. Well, look, it, it, it depends on the language they use. They talk about fairness. I mean, it's easy to say you're for fairness. Who is against fairness? But different people have very different conceptions of what's a fair amount of tax to pay. And I can tell you that the wealthy, uh, they pay quite a bit of tax. And, and for those further down the chain who are, who are middle class, uh, they are absolutely outraged that this government claims it's supporting the middle class and yet turns around and attacks a lot of the people who underpin uh, the middle class themselves. Well, how, when did it become bad to be wealthy? When did it become bad to be somebody who takes initiative, maybe at a very young age, and creates a business environment and creates opportunities and creates employment, puts money back into their businesses, grows the business, and then along the way, simultaneously, because of the effort, because of the dedication, because of the perseverance, generates personal wealth. They pay taxes on that. I know there's a lot of complaining about the, the 1%, the 1%, the 1%. That's a convenient excuse. People who are wealthy provide, just by, just by osmosis, they provide employment. They yep. provide incentive. They, give, they deliver money by way of taxes. Yes, you know, if they hide money or if they don't pay their taxes, that's something else. But if you take advantage of what's in the law and provides you with the right to make a deduction... Why wouldn't you? 
Yeah, that's exactly that is exactly what a lot of people have I've been hearing from them saying, saying, look, we follow the rules. And in many cases, Roy, it's people who have been doing this for decades. This has been a cornerstone of our tax code for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to pull the rug out, out from under people who are nearing retirement, I've had several people email me saying, look, we've been saved. This is our nest egg. This is where we're going to retire and we don't have a pension. And so they are absolutely terrified that the government is going to do a tax grab um, and hang them out to dry right as they're about to retire. Do you have a sense that there will be people who will either close their businesses and walk away because they're at a time in their lives when they can maybe afford to do that? Or are there people who will say, I've got another 20 or 30 years of productive um, work here, so I'm going to take my business, and I'm not trying to frighten people, but I'm going to take my business and I'm going to move it to a jurisdiction where I'm more valued, more appreciated, and where the tax bite is less, i.e. across the border. Oh, I have definitely heard that. I have heard people explicitly say they will leave the country. Uh, look, part of the part of the problem here, Roy, is the the level of uncertainty. The government r- rolled this out in a completely ham-fisted, uh, messed-up way, and so rather than people knowing exactly where they stand, they've allowed it to to fester to the point where people can can worry and say, "Is this going to affect me or not?" So, you know, it's more than just the policies themselves, Roy, which could be damaging. They've created this environment of uncertainty, and they've created a resentment. Uh, amongst a lot of people who I should add are, are mostly not political people. These are people who are not involved in politics. They don't feel very strongly one way or another about the government, but they are they are very angry right now and they're very upset. And I certainly uh, hope the government takes that into consideration uh, as it moves forward uh, to its October 2nd deadline here. Aaron, how does this, this whole issue affect those Canadians who might be thinking, well, I'm not directly affected. I I don't own a business. I don't work for a small business. I work for a large corporation or I work for the public sector. So I'm I'm not involved. I'm not affected. How does it actually really affect those people? Well, it affects them in a couple of ways, right? First of all, uh, these small businesses, they employ the lion's share of people in this country. So uh, you, you may not be a small business owner yourself, but many, many Canadians, millions of them work for a small business. And many of them will have to, I'm not saying they're all going to close up shop, but some of them will have to lay people off. So it impacts people that way. The other is that they pay a lot of tax. And if some of these businesses leave, uh, we have to replace that tax base. So that means higher taxes on the rest of us if we put in conditions that make it harder for small businesses to make money tomorrow. Is this all on Justin Trudeau? Uh, look, I, I think the government did a, a very bad job rolling this out. Uh, as a matter of fact, Roy, we don't disagree that we need tax reform. Our tax code is really complicated. We think simpler is better. Lower, flatter, simpler is better. So, so that's a good objective. Uh, they have a good objective. The problem is this was a half-baked idea. They rolled it out in the middle of the summer and tried to rush it through, uh, and they're reaping, they're reaping the consequences. They thought they could be cute uh, and, and, and attack the 1%, and instead it blew up in their face, and it has enraged every small business owner across the country and Instead. Uh, and I, th- I think they are they are reaping what they have sowed here. How does this end, or how could it end? Give me one or two scenarios how this all ends potentially. Well, one is that they they simply uh, they just plunge ahead and and hope for the best. I think that will be very damaging to our economy and it will harm a lot of small businesses. Or the other is that they uh, they agree with the criticism, which Roy, I don't think is unreasonable. It's that if you're going to make a change, uh, by the way, the last time they made a change of this scope, it took a royal commission in, in two or three years of study. They're trying to do it in 75 days, so they need to slow down, go back to the drawing board, bring in groups that include people who represent small business, and make sure they get the reforms right in the long run. All right, taxpayer.com, right? That's right. Taxpayer.com. Thank you so very much, uh, Aaron. Good talking to you again. All the best. Thanks a lot, Bryce. Aaron Woodrick from the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. It's taxpayer.com.
It's 1-800-263-2428. That's my number, 800-263-2428. And the tweet again was this, plunging Canada into massive debt, squinting at entrepreneurs, leaving Canada's prosperity in the ground, delivering billions to the UN, equals who? And again, there was a significant amount of reaction to that tweet. By the way, on my uh, show page, on uh, the website of your favorite chorus radio station where you listen to this program, uh, and on Global News website, I posted earlier today, posted a piece about how the 2018 Ontario election may be a precursor for 2019 federally. And it has to do with, uh, with a lot that's going on in Ontario and how that perhaps parallels what's going on in Ottawa with the, uh, with the Trudeau government. 800-263-2428. 800-263-2428. Plunging Canada into massive debt, squinting at entrepreneurs, leaving Canada's prosperity in the ground, delivering billions to the UN equals who? Equals who? And share your thoughts with me at 800-263-2428. Is this fair to Trudeau? Or is it unfair to Trudeau? If 60% of Canadians feel that he's doing a good job, that's not something to be just ignored. So 800-263-2428, plunging Canada into massive debt, squinting at entrepreneurs, leaving Canada's prosperity in the ground, delivering billions to the UN equals who? Is that fair or unfair? I'll tell you what's unfair. To present a cost of the vacation to Belle Island and the Aga Khan at $127,187, which I think is extraordinarily exorbitant to begin with for a two-week vacation, but then to under-report by 70%, and the actual cost is $215,398, Inappropriate, particularly when the Prime Minister has a date with the Ethics Commissioner. And he said, uh, Mr. Trudeau said, I'm not going to question the RCMP spending more than $215,000 on vacation security. You know what, Mr. Trudeau, if I were the Prime Minister, I would. Of course, I wouldn't take that vacation to begin with. 800-263-2428, your calls when we come back.